Folks, I got to give you guys the inside scoop on the best electrician in town. That's right. It is Piper Electric. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the DNVR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small. For Piper Electric, they work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz. 20% off your next service call if you call 303-646-6765. Let's start the show. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dump two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it. Two-run home run. Trevor Story. Touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. Hello. So we get a lot of live viewers. Hey, hello. All righty. Everyone retweeted it? Did yep. their job? Yep. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by the one and only Breckenridge Brewery. All of our favorite beers, the greatest beers in the world. And I've got to tell you guys something. If you have nothing to do on Saturday, you aren't going to want to miss out, especially if you love Breck Brews. Saturday, November 9th, this Saturday, is Never Summer's opening day celebration at Punchbowl Social. Breck Brew is teaming up with them, and there's going to be a lot of beer, some awesome giveaways, and it's just going to be a great time. So be sure to stop by Punchbowl Social, November 9th. Are any of you guys going to be there? Uh, I might be there. There's a Nuggets game that day oh. slash night. I know the Buffs play. That's the only reason I won't be there. I will be with my beloved Buffs. Drew, snow opening day. You like opening days? I yeah, I do and like Breck opening Bruce. days. I I haven't got I I haven't gotten out there on the slope since I was ten. Yeah, Drew, don't, <laughs> you don't really strike me as a skier. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I might have better chances <laughs> if we got me on hockey skates. Yeah, <laughs> you're more of a summer guy. You're more yeah. of a baseball guy. I, I, I'm I'm an always summer guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm an always summer guy. Uh, the cold is scary, but I do like beer. And True. so even though I wouldn't, you know, want to win any of those snowboards that they're giving away, which mm-hmm. looks super dope. Art, like it's I, art though. Well, it is that you could hang it on your wall and look like you're a snowboarder. That's true, but they're also giving away free beer, mm. and that I mean, you you do not have to pull me to something. Where Speaking of free beer. beer, be sure to use the promo code Alley at checkout to help <laughs> me get a year of free beer for our uh, company subscription contest that we're doing. Good effort. I'll not, share not my just beer. free beer, Breck so. beer, the Breck best beer. beer. Not just I'll free share beer. It. Damn good, I'll share damn it with good you. Beer. Free beer. I get a year yeah. if you use Alley. They don't get to use that one. I just feel like that uh, Bracken Never Summer had a missed opportunity not calling this the Snopening Day party. Dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> Snopening Snope Day. day. <laughs> no. no. Right, so the podcast uh, is over. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it. We're done. 
All right, well, talking about bad stuff. Um, <laughs> I guess that means that we're starting with me. <laughs> we are starting with the Avs because what is going on? They lost 4-1 last night, Tuesday night, to the Dallas Stars, losing to them for the second time in the last five days. And they just they got outworked. Yeah, it's it's five straight losses for them now, one overtime, so they always got one point out of it. But that's not really good enough. And no. If this was a bunch of games that they had lost in a bunch of different ways where one they just get outscored or, or one they get outworked, and that would be fine. But they've lost three games in a row in the exact same way yeah. now where they just don't show up for the first period, immediately fall behind. And the way the team is built with the injuries they have, they're just not going to be able to come back. It's really, really hard to produce offense consistently when the other team is sitting back and defending a lead. And the Avs don't really have the talent without a Ranton and an Landeskog to do that. And what do you think of their line combinations right now? Because it doesn't seem like it's working out pretty very well. It's not working at all. Yeah. I, no one has clicked with McKinnon on the top line. The second line has been a complete mess since losing the two players. Well, three, I guess, if you count Wilson, to injury. Mm. And it's completely cascaded all the way down the lineup. The fourth line is the only one that's really stuck together, but they've right. become the third line, which means they're facing significantly tougher competition, and it just they cannot keep up. It's rough right now, but, like, I'm going to play the the homer here and say, like, how could you expect a team to succeed without two of their three best players? Like, it, it, look at the Nuggets. If you take away Jokic and, and Jamal Murray or Jokic and Gary Harris, like, they're going to struggle. You look at any of these teams, if you take away two of their three best players, they're not going to be able to get it going. Absolutely. That losing – a handful of games is not the end of the world here. Five straight is a little bit rough, though. It, if the Avs were 2-3 and three instead of 0-4-1, I'd be sitting here saying, look, they're perfectly fine. They're doing well enough that until yeah. Miko gets back, no worries. Well, I think we were saying on the show last week, if they could just string together some wins and go like 500, yeah, exactly. that'd Win be amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's not going as planned the, the whole thing was win at home <laughs> and then they didn't win at home so they needed to win on the road and then they didn't win on the road i also think their schedule isn't as favorable with the <coughs> long breaks and then back to backs it has been very very strange that they had three straight weeks where it was three days off and then a game and then a back-to-back not very common i'm not exactly sure why their schedule ended up this way. This happens to every NHL team in the early part of the season where they get really weird weeks. But the schedule is a cheap excuse, in my (laughs) opinion. Uh, Yes, back-to-backs are hard, but you have to find a way to at least split those 500 hockey. The Avs just – their problems are compounding, right? Because, yeah, sure, they don't have the talent to score a ton – the defense needs to step up then, and it really hasn't. In fact, it's been the opposite. The defense has struggled maybe more than they have so far through this season up to this point. Yeah, those first two goals were self-created. Yeah. Those are mm-hmm. the particularly you. We were talking about at the watch party how you had spent several days saying the one thing they can't do is fall behind, and then Gerard makes two seconds. critical errors thirty seconds into the game, and Not, I it's, think it was it's nineteen seconds. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, just. Uh, like you can't score on yourself, you're saying you can't let the other team score on you early. You certainly can't yeah, score I, on yourself early like that. The especially when it's someone like Sam Gerrard, because the Avs defense, half of it at least, is fairly limited in their puck moving ability, 
and Gerard is supposed to be one of the best puck movers on the team. And if he's going to go out and immediately turn the puck over twice, and we saw he was one of the lowest forward or defensemen on time on ice for the rest of the game because he was just playing terribly. And again, Avs drop another piece out of their lineup when something like that happens and everything just continues to collapse on itself. So there was some confusion. Um, it was reported that Miko Rantanen skated last week, but it turns out he skated on his own. He has not skated with the team, meaning there's still no update. He's still week to week, correct? Yeah, he is still week to week right now. Uh, we'll see. If the Avs lose one more game, if this becomes a six-game losing streak, you're going to see Miko on the fast track really quick. Um I feel I, like hockey players can get ju- just juiced up and go out there. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like football players. Yeah, yeah. Just like, you yeah, know. Yeah, cortisone shot right yeah, to the ankle, and he won't feel anything. And the, uh, I'm never a strong proponent of people playing hurt. A lot of the time, I think a player at 70% is actually worse for the lineup. But the way the Avs are playing right now, I just can't make that argument. I think Miko makes them better at 20%. What about Gabe? Gabe is further off. Ed. But, like, do we know anything, anything more than uh, we once knew? Nothing is confirmed. We expect it's a broken foot. We don't know mm. the bone or, or what, but he's in a full boot. Mm. He has a lot of the same. And AJ actually had a broken foot over the summer, so he, like, knows exactly what to look for when it comes to a broken foot, and I guess a lot of the same signs were showing up there. So they play uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets on Saturday. Yeah. What they have to get a win, and, and what do they have to do to get that win? Well, our, I guess we can just throw away the Nashville game. Are we just expecting that as a loss? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's they have to play sound hockey. I, again, I'm not expecting them to blow the roof off with goal scoring or anything, but make the simple plays, do the fundamentals correctly. Look where you're passing. Look at the player you're passing to. Don't just pass it to an area and expect someone to be there. You can take that extra mm-hmm. half second to connect. Keep possession of the puck. Don't constantly turn it over. Honestly, just that will go a long way. And then Nathan McKinnon needs to step up. Just 100%. He's gone scoreless in the last two games. He's shooting a lot, but he's not taking very many quality shots. And the abs aren't setting him up. To be successful, yeah. as I said, no one's clicked on his line. He seemed he seemed really, really frustrated last night. Yes. He's been a frustrated guy for a lot of the season, even mm-hmm. when the Avs are playing well. And he understands that this is the beginning of the Avs' window to really contend for a cup. And you just you can't afford five-game losing streaks if you want to be one of the best teams in the league. Simple as that. So what's the deal with the power play thing? What I mean because what isn't I, the deal? With the what, power, play? power play is when like you have one more player <laughs> on the ice than uh, the like other when team. You asked Learning about hockey. The too many oh men's God. yesterday. Learning about hockey. Uh, but yeah, because th- this is like one of those things that that coming into it, like obviously I understand, right? You should have an advantage because you have more people than they do. Uh, but how does a team? go whatever one for their last 17 in power plays why are people tweeting at me about the power play coach which i didn't know was a thing until <laughs> last thing. night power play coach what, oh, yes. there's a power play coach and i want to know nice. what his job is and why, he, why it's, it's not, not working. working out so well yeah so why does he need to be fired right. <laughs> ray bennett is the guy the power play coach who designs god he sucks structural <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to argue with right now uh, isn't that a show on like fx <laughs> 
But yeah, he designs the power play system. So obviously the players go out and play, but he designs, okay, the defenseman stands here at the point, McKinnon stands at the half wall, Kadri stands in the bumper spot in the middle of the ice, whoever stands down low, blah, 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 blah. And I've been very upset with the Avs power play systems for a couple of years now because it's too structured. It's too limited. The players all go to their spot, and they stand there, and they wait for the puck, and there's zero movement. In basketball, they talk about it all the time, how you got to have movement. You have to have people cutting to the basket. Right. Just to create Read and react, baby. Read and react. Exactly. And no one does that. They all just sit there, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to move the puck to the point, and they're going to move it to McKinnon, and we're going to wait for McKinnon to do something incredible, and hopefully that works. And there's nothing else going on. AJ's writing some things in the, the Periscope. That <laughs> AJ making, has thoughts. Making me what laugh. What is he saying? The first one is Rudo Bay. And mm. then the other one is Fire Ray Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right, AJ. I agree. Fire. <laughs> well, and people Fire were comparing him to like Rocky's pitching coaches for, for me last night. And, uh, like it sounds like a very similar conversation where you're like, uh, what what do you what, what you don't just say you do here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What exactly is because whatever you are doing, it's clearly not working. Well, so maybe try something else. What other coaches are there? Uh, <laughs> goalie coach, video coach, just general assistant coaches. One usually assigned to the defense. That's about it. Okay. Video coach. That's interesting. Yeah, Probably that's, video. Coordinator. That's the guy just who guessing. initiated challenges. the challenges the other day. Yeah. 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 Which, by the way, the NHL rulebook and me are not friends. Yeah, what happened with the broken stick thing? I so, wish we were on hockey for a apparently, while. Apparently, <laughs> going back through the new hockey rule this year, you can challenge plays that a whistle was supposed to stop play. But that does not apply to penalties. Which makes literally yeah, no zero what? sense. And playing the puck with a broken stick is a penalty. So because Dallas took a penalty but they didn't call it at the time, it stands as a good goal. And because it's a penalty, you can't challenge it, even though the refs missed it. So the Avs just got totally screwed on that so one. So had it been a hand pass or yeah. a, a puck played with a high stick or any of that stuff? They could have challenged it, and it would have been reversed. But penalties, if they miss it, then I guess it's okay, which there is – 99.9% chance that rule will be changed next season, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. But – it's but shouldn't the, here's here's the other thing though, they took a double minor for that. Yeah, right. Because so it was their second. Challenge. Fire the video coach too, <laughs> because he should have known that that's not challengeable. Uh, uh, fire the NHL rule book before they fire. Yeah, Heimlich true. And there. and the Heimlich maneuver has worked. Yeah, exactly. three times already this year. Yep. Yeah, yesterday was crazy. There was thirty combined minutes of penalties. Yeah, I mean that game had zero flow to it. Uh, 30 combined minutes of penalties where the Avs failed to take advantage of all 16 of theirs. Yep. And then the Avs at PK was actually pretty solid in the game. They gave up one goal, but one for seven isn't the end of the world. I I didn't hate the refing in the game, to be honest. It was just kind of a game that went that way where there were a lot of penalties, except for that challenge situation, which is just idiotic. <laughs> all right. Well, do you have anything to say about the Avs? What do you have to say for themselves? Do you have <laughs> I asked I asked Rudo to be positive yesterday. I was like, give me yeah. something positive and he's like, no. This was no, get the camera. Halfway off through of me. the first period where shots were like ten to nothing. Yeah, but they they, they had scored a goal. That was after that video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is time for concern, but it's not time for panic. It's a long season. 
thankfully that hot start means they're still right in the middle of the central mm-hmm. division. They're still completely in the playoff race. They don't have to come from behind as far as the season standings are concerned. But the time is right now to start winning games. Miko or not, you're 0-4-1. This current lineup needs to get at least a couple of wins to not make life hard on the abs for the rest of the year. They can just go like 2-2 two and two in their yeah, next four. Yeah, exactly. You don't, real happy. you don't have to play great hockey. You just have to grind out a couple of wins to keep yourself steady. All right, well, we had a watch party last night. That was a lot of fun. We're going to keep having more watch parties. But my favorite thing about watch parties is when something happens on the TV that none of us understand, everyone turns to Rudo, <laughs> where there's like a, a play that we're like, wait, was it offside? Or anything like that. Rudo everyone needs to walk to around Rudo. with like one of those headsets with a mic <laughs> and just like <laughs> explaining it. everything. Most of the happening. time, like my response to that is just a head nod one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> but you, everyone's like, Rudo just has the best eyes when it comes to this stuff so everyone turns to Rudo so just one of the many reasons you should come to a watch party um, but at the same time the Avs weren't playing very well the Nuggets were playing well they yeah. had one of their or the most complete game of the season last night when they beat the Miami Heat 109 to 89 what'd you think of that performance Harrison yeah I mean the Nuggets are in a complete opposite place as the Avs right now because like you said that was the Nuggets most complete game of the season and, I mean, it's been a weird start to the year for sure. The offense yeah. has been, like, super up and down, mostly down. Defense has been hit or miss. Uh, but, I mean, last night they defended well. I don't think Miami's offense was, like, anything spectacular. But they played good defense. They knocked down open threes, which has been a huge storyline the whole season. Yeah. They just haven't been able to shoot and make their open threes. They did that last night. Um, and, and the starting lineup has been like unbelievable this year. They got Barton back w- last night, which was a huge boost. And His um, thrill back. Yeah, he's he's back, been back the whole year. I mean, this looks like the guy he was two years ago so far. And the starters right now are already like a plus thirty eight in ninety minutes. They're just murdering uh, opposing starting lineups. So Nuggets are in a good spot right now. Uh, they had a couple injuries last night, like the Avs, but they don't seem to be. Uh, major or anything i think both guys will play friday against philly uh so denver's in a good spot still not totally back i don't think uh, one game i'm not going to declare them all the way back um but i mean a, a huge step in the right direction last night all right so this podcast brings in a lot of fans from different teams and and probably a lot of casual nuggets fans yeah explain to me and to them why there is such a chasm between how media views Will Barton and how fans view Will Barton? Well, I can see where the fan base was coming from last season because he was bad. But, I mean, this season he's just been generally good. And uh, I think people have this image of him as this quote-unquote gunner. And there's, like, such a bad connotation with that word. And he just gets labeled by that as some reason. Um, I mean – he, he's a guy who will look for his offense a lot. He's a good ISO player. He, he's not like the most unselfish guy in the world, but still fits really well in Denver's system. Uh, but he's been playing really well this year, and he's somebody that Denver needs because the Nuggets quietly don't have a ton of those one-on-one creators. Right. It's like Jamal Murray and then Will Barton. Like, those are your two one-on-one creators right now. And MPJ. when and MPJ. <laughs> but when Barton was out of the lineup, you saw that. The Nuggets offense just died after like one or two passes when Torrey Craig was out there for him. This is something that seems to happen across Denver sports and probably all sports areas. 
the abs have the exact same thing or had it with Tyson Barry. Now it's a little bit up in the air, but once someone is kind of labeled the whipping boy, yeah, it doesn't matter how well they play after that. People will seek out weak points in their game and be like, Oh, but he did this. And it's like, Man, Tyson Berry put up 59 points last year. And, yeah, people like have wanted Barton to come off the bench for these last two years because he did it in 40 games two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, meanwhile, he actually started 41 games uh, that year, or maybe it was the other way around, came 41 games off the bench, started 40 games. But for these last you know three years when he's been really healthy, the starters have been unbelievable on the best starting lineups in the league. and. He wasn't healthy last year, and that's what a lot of people think of. But no, there's a lot of evidence that this starting lineup absolutely kills it with Barton, and that's what they've done so far this year. So for the people who didn't watch the game last night who may have been watching the Avs game, Gary Harris um, was one of the players that left with an injury as well as Paul Millsap. And Paul Millsap had 11 yeah. stitches on his yeah. face. When we were at the watch party, all I heard was, oh, my God, Paul Millsap just broke his face. And <laughs> <Yeah>. like, what? <laughs> Anytime you see facial laceration as the reason why somebody won't return, he looked, he you went, know it's never good. He went full Harry Potter, though. Like, yeah. He has a full Harry all Potter scar. Yeah. Did he have it worse, or did Klingberg have it worse, taking a puck to the that neck? That was oh <laughs> Instant bruise. You know it's bad when there's a bruise three seconds after right it happens. Here, oh. And it was already, like, purple. Oh, yeah, that one was bad. I uh, was surprised he got up. Like, he got up and skated up. And I know I'm new to this hockey thing. People are like, oh, aren't you cute? (laughs) Millsap was was running off the floor with a towel, like, held to the side of his head. Oh, my God. But they have a rule in the NBA. If you get fouled and you have to take free throws, you have to take them. Mm Because if you go right to the locker room, you can't can't return to the rest of the game. So he's getting stitched up on the sideline. Not stitched up, but just wrapped up. Uh And the refs are reviewing the play for a potential flagrant. They call the flagrant. He goes on the court to shoot the two oh free throws. God. I think he made both of them, right? Hits both of them, then goes back to the locker room and uh, gets stitched up. That's Baller. crazy. What happened with Gary? Gary, right before halftime, it was literally Denver's last possession before the half, uh, went up for a floater. I think he made the shot and then just came down on somebody's Landed ankle, I think, limped oh. off, and then, yeah, did not come back. But it seems like both guys should be able to play Friday. I mean, things can change, uh, but like no concussion protocol for Millsap or anything, so they should be good. Well, that's good. The Nuggets play at the Sixers yeah. on Friday, and the Sixers have been doing really well this season. What are a few things the Nuggets need to do to win? Well, first off, like it's been a rocky start to the Nuggets season, but think about it. They, they have like a chance to make a big statement win Friday, I feel like, because if they win Friday, they already have wins over Clippers, the Suns. Heat, the Suns, who have been good, mm-hmm. and then Philly. Like, that's a nice little resume already. So this is kind of a big game Friday. Um, and Philly has been great defensively this year, yeah. just like the Heat were. And so they'll need a similar offensive performance. Because that was another thing the, uh, last night. The Heat came into this game as just the best defense mm-hmm. easily I- in the NBA. And Denver really had their way with them. So, is, Well, is when they're hitting shots, they're a different team. I mean, True. we saw that yeah. against the Clippers, too. When they're hitting shots, there's just no stop. Is, this, stop is a matchup with Embiid going to be what it takes to get uh, Jokic into the groove? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think a matchup with Embiid might be, like, the worst thing for him right for now, God. potentially. Oh, God. Um, yeah, we haven't seen Embiid in, at the Pepsi Center actually playing in yeah. the last few years. Yeah. There is a chance. 
I, I wouldn't bet on it, but there might be a chance Jokic gets up for this game just because he's gotten up for games against Towns and uh, other centers in the past. Uh, but I don't think we want to fight between Embiid and no. Jokic like Towns I, and yeah. Embiid. Is it, is it wow. really going to be that easy for Jokic? Is it just a flip switch, or is it something a little bit more mm, it's than a switch. that? Yeah. I think it's a switch. Uh, I think it's a switch. I think he like was halfway flipping it last night. <laughs> like the lights were flickering last <laughs> night a little bit. I like the way he played last night. He's he got missed one a, of those dimmers. Yeah, He's got one of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He missed a couple easy uh, like layups inside that would have given him three more baskets maybe um i thought it was a, a step in the right direction for him last i feel night, like though. he's like that meme of the girl who's like well favorite gift on the internet <laughs> right now uh eric d line co says he always shies away and then we got uh, not from carl anthony towns he doesn't mm. then we got someone else said Jokic 25 15 and 10 against Embiid. book it book it I'd be so I am not booking it. But <laughs> 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 well, Someone we'll else on Periscope said Millsap is our dad. He was going to take those shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Millsap, BD, big dad energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, with that. Got to tell you guys about Total Bev's incredible 30% off deal that they're specifically giving to the DNVR family. 30% off your purchase of $75 or more using the promo code DNVR2019 online or on their Total Beverage app. They've got everything you're looking for in store and on the app, including CBD products. So if you get overwhelmed with hundreds of options, don't worry. Their incredible staff members will help you find exactly what you're looking for. Don't forget to use the promo code DNVR. 2019 for that 30% off. We get to be excited talking about the Broncos this week. The Broncos actually won a game behind Brandon Allen. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Many people didn't know who Brandon Allen was until this week, but he had a great performance for his first career NFL start. Yes, magnificent. If yeah. You ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Just not if you ask uh, Mace. It's been, it's been a point of contention. Um, <laughs> that was so awesome. Like, uh, you talk about at the end of the Rocky season, like, all you're looking for is, like, oh, someone's going to come in and get their first major league hit or their first home run or whatever. That's kind of how it feels with the Broncos right now. And going into that game, I was just like, man, this kid's been waiting his whole life for this. Like, I hope I hope it works out for him. And it really honestly couldn't have worked out any better for him. I mean, 12 for 20, 125 pass rating, two touchdowns. I felt like he was more focused on getting the Broncos playmakers involved than Joe Flacco ever was the whole season. Is that him or is that the play calling? It's a little bit of both. And I think that Rich Gangarello had to, I don't know if, what the word is, like try a little harder to create something that would work for a first-time starter, which actually simplified things, which got it more boiled down to just get the ball to the good players, which yep. seems um, like that should be obvious, but sometimes – Good strategy. I <laughs> NFL – more it, maybe in the NFL more than anywhere else, they overthink things. Um, but, man, I was just so happy for Brandon Allen because that is – that's just so cool. Like, you got your whole family there. You go out there and ball and, and get your team a win. So, it was pretty sweet. And the team was rallying against uh, – up for him. Von Miller was like, I called it, guys. Von Miller has called everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say that. Positive, I'm at least. The press conference, like, should I say you also said Garrett Bowles was amazing? No, no maybe I, I won't say that. Should Brandon <laughs> Allen just retire and <laughs> travel the word world just saying, never lost? <laughs> right, undefeated. Yeah, I should get a shirt that just says undefeated. I wonder how many people have ever just gone 1-0 and as a starter in the NFL. 
can't be many. Yeah, probably not. On yeah. Sunday, we had a chance to see some of the Broncos' younger guys shine. Like you said, Noah Fant, who's struggled a bit throughout the season, had a great game. Same with Cortland Sutton. He made an incredible catch from Brandon Allen. What Do you expect that to continue moving forward? Uh, here with with Sutton, yes. Sutton mm-hmm. is a top receiver in the NFL now. Mm-hmm. Like he refined his route running. He's a beast. He's so hard to tackle. I mean, he's got it all. So it, it it's only up from here for Cortland Sutton. For fan, like it's so funny in the NFL because we we sit here and like we're talking into these microphones before the season. We're like, just so you know, like rookie tight ends, they always struggle. There's only been like one to ever have a thousand yard season. Five hundred is like a great season for a rookie tight end. But even we are guilty of at some point overreacting to the fact that you're like, man, they use a first round pick on this guy and he's just not doing anything. With that being said, you are going to see more of this from Noah Fant, but you're also probably going to see him drop some more balls and struggle and miss some blocks. Like That's just what it is for rookie tight end. It's a really hard position to learn. You're essentially learning to be an offensive lineman and a wide receiver, and that's super difficult for a rookie to do. So I expect more of that, but not just like those notar- you know, notable names like Sutton and Fant. It was across the board. All of these guys that the that the Broncos picked up late or have found off the street, AJ Johnson, Deontay Spencer made plays. Devontae Harris came out of nowhere and has been yeah. a solid corner for the Broncos. Yeah. It's all over the board. You're just seeing these guys. You're like, where did where did this guy come from? Um, I think uh, Devontae Harris has been extremely underappreciated. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the season, teams just like were like, oh, Chris Harris over there, Isaac Adam over there. Cool, we'll just go there all day until you know they can't take it anymore. It, it forced the Broncos to move to Kareem Jackson to safety. It threw you know their entire or from safety to corner. It threw their entire rotation off. Now Devonta Harris just comes out of nowhere and has been extremely good. And I feel like it hasn't been talked about enough because mm-hmm. people just I don't know aren't privy to it yet. But out of nowhere, this guy who the Bengals didn't even have a use for. We're talking about the worst team in the NFL, the <laughs> Bengals, cut him. The Broncos picked him up and have turned him into an extremely serviceable corner. Well, I saw a lot of people on Twitter obviously being happy because they haven't felt that good in a long time, but other people saying that it was a waste, a waste of a win, no need to win this game, they need to tank. Messing up the tank. Exactly. What do you think of that, Ryan? Uh, it's such a, it's just such a hard discussion to have. Like, I, th- I would say just be happy that that, that happened. Yeah. Like, that was an entertaining <laughs> football game. I mean, like, that's where I'm at. I'm like, they scored 24 points, and I was entertained from start to finish. That's, <laughs> that's great for me. Uh, but it is, like, the Broncos are in this weird quarterback position where we might not we might have to wait until week 16 to find out about Drew Locke. When, and in two games, we're not going to really know anything tangible about him. And there's a very good chance that the Broncos should be or could be taking a quarterback the top 10 pick this season and if that's the case then this loss made that harder for them to do and and they're tracking towards being around the 10 position right now whereas we saw last year you know you've you've moved past the elite of the elite when you get to 10 and if they are gonna get a quarterback from there they're probably gonna have to trade up so it's both sides um if they can string a few wins together here and and i've said that you know all along they can somehow get to eight wins like that's improvement over last season it shows that Vic Fangio kind of got them going and and everyone kind of clicked in his system a little bit later you get some momentum but if they're going to go five and eleven now then you are going to look back at these games and say what was the point of winning that I do think it's important and to your last point like the Vic Fangio factor 
when you're like a first year head coach to show that improvement to rack up some wins that means something i feel like absolutely so i feel like there's definitely something there jared begged and begs to differ on that one <laughs> but uh it's a tough situation that's a perfect example though you're right you, like they got kale mccarr because of that well right in that first year I tried to look at it as a win-win no matter what. Either the Avs win, which is good because they win, or they lose because they win Kale McCarr. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it should have been better. Right? Well, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it should have been the top pick in the draft, but that's a, you could do a whole that's podcast a whole on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a really t- – a catch-22, honestly. Um, I understand both sides of it. To me, it, it ends up being the volume. Like, if they just end up winning three games and get the fourth pick, well, then you're saying, like, ah, what was the point of winning that stupid Browns game? If they win seven, eight games, and, you know, you can point to a turning point in the season where it started to click for them, and all these young guys start figuring out and learning how to win, and it becomes a habit for them, then that's great, too. Um, do you think this bye week comes at a good time, or is it kind of a momentum killer? <laughs> They don't have any momentum. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they got a good win. Yeah, they beat wow, the trash team, <laughs> the trash organization. The Brandon worst coach trash team. Coach. <laughs> All right, so uh, but, but, no but I see what you're sa- I see what you're saying. Entertaining radio personalities, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah very true. What an amazing rant. And that guy seems like a really cool guy. I've been interacting with him on Twitter. That's awesome. But anyways... Um, I think for people who don't know, uh, Brandon Allen broke a radio guy in Cleveland's <laughs> life, and you should go check out Ryan's tweet about it because it will honestly make your day. He is screaming at the top of his lungs. I've never at been at six twenty, and my it's the funniest thing is he goes. Sorry, guys. I know it's six twenty in the morning. <laughs> <That was> the <laughs> no way. That makes dude. it so much better. <laughs> Imagine getting in your car, turning on the radio, feeling bad after such a bad loss. First and then sip of coffee. Someone screaming. Uh. Like, factory of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> factory of sadness. The best to one. me is when he calms down towards the end and still says, for being a damn fool. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend it. You'll laugh. Go check it out on his Twitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, it was great. Sorry. But I, I've been saying this all week. Like I so badly wish it was Drew Locke out there. And it could have been. Mm-hmm. If they would have managed the whole situation properly, it could have been Drew Locke who went out there and, and went 12 for 20. Like He didn't even have to do anything crazy, but on this podcast or any other podcast or any radio show, if if you take exactly what Brandon Allen did and copy and pasted it over to Drew Locke, we would be losing our minds. That's the thing because I mean we know Brandon Allen is not Drew Locke, and I think we know Brandon Allen is not going to amount to much. Right. There's and, like a 99 percent chance that Brandon Allen doesn't become anything. And the thing is, if Brandon Allen keeps winning, they're probably not going to Drew Locke. It's a really weird situation. Now they go after the bye week. They go. At Minnesota. Minnesota, at Buffalo. Two okay. really good defenses. Yeah. So we're going to find out real quick yeah. uh, who Brandon Allen is. But going back to the bye week and That's whatnot, not gonna be pretty. if that was Drew <laughs> yeah. out there, like first of all, we'd be going crazy. We'd be saying, oh, man, now he has a whole bye week to get the offense under his belt. And we'd be, and we'd be talking about how, man, they could really go beat Minnesota. No one feels that way. I also don't want to be the person who just writes Brandon Allen off completely. Like It wasn't perfect, but you have to grade him on the curve of it being his first start. I, I'm going to give him a chance to go out there in Minnesota and show us, hey, you know, I'm not just a career backup like I can actually do it in this league. All signs previous to that game on Sunday would tell you that that's not him, but, you know, there's 
Tom Brady exists, and I know that's the that's the one that everyone always points to when it comes to these things. But Brandon Allen is Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. heard it here first. Yep. <laughs> Kurt <laughs> Warner might be the best. Well, Kurt Foles, Warner was Nick yeah Foles. bagging groceries. Yeah. What what would it take for Allen to legitimately be considered more than just a short term man? Beat the Vikings. I mean, go out there and play well and beat the Vikings. Oh, I think boy. then people are really going to start talking about it because man. he'll be going into Buffalo with a chance to go three yeah. and zero. Like if that I'm happens, people are that would be something. People are going to get really excited. That would be something. I think if, if then he went and beat Buffalo, you'd start to see Brandon Allen jerseys pop up in the uh, in the Broncos team store. After people saying who? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can turn that fast. But again, a lot of flaws in his game. There's a reason that he's in his fourth year as a football player and had never started a game. Well, fourth year as an NFL player and had never started a game until that point. But again. Lightning can strike twice. I Good feel thing like last names only on jerseys, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if this was Drew Locke, the fan base would be so angry that the Broncos didn't start him earlier. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess you could go down that road, but that was their play. Like, Heck of a situation they've created for themselves. Well, and, and if it was Drew Locke, yeah. he would, he, that would have been the first possible game he could have played. So no one yeah. could have said that. But they never should have put him on IR in the first place anyway. But uh, that's neither mm. here nor there. Okay, we don't have to talk about <laughs> it. Um, all right, well, they have a bye week this week. Then they take on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. <coughs> oh, my God, almost choked. Oh, boy. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get to talk about some Rockies news, what? Drew. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Nolan Arenado won his seventh straight gold glove. Remember that? Yeah, happened, I, I happened guess that Sunday. technically is news. I mean, I, technically. You want to talk about also rose and set. <laughs> yeah. Water continues to be wet. Mars is the red planet. Well, that puts him into fourth place all time for most gold gloves. Won by a third baseman. That's incredible. That's awesome for Nolan Arenado. Were you surprised at all? Not even a little <laughs> bit. No, no. That's the least surprising thing I've ever heard. It, there was an interesting moment last year where he didn't have quite as good a defensive season like he was still obviously very very good but there were some noticeable little things where it was like oh is he is, is the wear and tear starting to take is he taking a step backward and then this year he was just as phenomenal as he's ever been in his career again and it was like no oh, I'm sorry I had thoughts I, I don't know what was going on but no he's he remains remarkable and the funniest thing about Nolan Arenado's defense is that the best things he does are not the most obvious ones of like the, everyone can appreciate a diving stop and a throw and a, a spinny throw and a, oh, <laughs> spinny throw. Make a spinny throw with the best of them. But <laughs> Nolan makes decisions to do things that nobody else in baseball makes. And I know right now uh, Matt Chapman of the Oakland A's is very popular because the numbers love him and he does a lot of the great athletic stuff too. But I promise you Matt Chapman has never once in his life thought about fielding a bunt on the right side, on the first base side of a pitcher's mound and throwing to second base. Mm. And no, I've seen Nolan Arenado get outs that way, almost started a, a double play or catching the ball on uh, a relay throw in midair and throwing back to a base uh, that a guy like that's just not even things people think to do and so it, it's amazing to me what this guy considers does nolan simply just have more time to make those decisions because he has a sherman tank cannon for an arm or that's that definitely helps that that he's allowed to do that but i do think he has a preternatural instinct for the game of baseball he like he can visualize what's going to happen 
before it happens or a couple of like possibilities. And, yeah. and, and this is actually a big thing in baseball because there's, between every pitch, you're, you're taught to do this from a very young age visualize all the different things that could happen when the ball comes your way but usually you visualize things that have happened to you before over the years and years of playing baseball we asked nolan about the thing where he threw the ball to second on the other side of the pitcher's mound and he just went i just as i was coming in i realized he wasn't giving me a look i figured even if he gets it down over there it's going to have to be really good because i'm going to charge so hard that even though i've never done this before i thought about doing it once last year and now I'm going to get this guy. And he just executed that. And it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> baseball players, I mean, there's so much brain involved in baseball. And right. Nolan is off the charts in that. But he also just has a, like a, a special clock. Like, he knows whether or not the guy who's going from second to third is going to be there. Or like, it's That's another skill that he has is like this internal clock that can – feel whether or not people are going to be in a certain spot based on the strength of his arm and all that stuff. Right. It's, it's, it's incredible. We say it's his brain, and it is, but this isn't a lot of the time a cognitive process. It's very instinctive yep. of he's just mm-hmm. already doing it a lot of the time. His Probably his best play of the year, if it had been fully completed this past season, might have been the best play uh, of his career. This last season he had one. It was a ball runner at third base. Ball hit into foul territory behind him. He's running backwards. He makes a basket catch with his back facing home. One of the fastest runners in baseball, Harrison Bader, tags, takes off for home. Nolan in one motion caught the ball and then lofted like a quarterback. It was a saucer pass is what it was. (laughs) It was a hockey saucer. I mean, he just – and he put it on – the money in one motion caught the ball through a blind pass over this guy because he couldn't go around him that hit the catcher right there the only thing that happened was that as the runner got there his knee knocked the ball out of the glove and so he didn't complete the double play it would have been the best double play I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my life. Rockies catchers seem to struggle in this scenario. What is that? Why can't they ever finish plays at home plate? I know, I know, it's tough, man. And there, that one, there was really nothing else he could do. But it does seem like they always struggle to get the big play at home, except that one time in 2007. I feel like they need like a bigger <laughs> glove or something. Yeah, I know, right? Bigger glove. And now there are so many weird rules that like govern. Like you gotta, you yeah. can't like block the plates. Yeah. So you're trying to yeah. be out of the way and tag back across Stupid your body. Player safety. I know that. <laughs> One time, Buster Posey broke his leg, and now we all have to avoid well, uh, the catcher. It's like Giants. when Tom Brady he got yep. tore his ACL, and now you can't hit quarterbacks in the legs. Yep. Well, Trevor Story was runner-up for a gold glove and shortstop position. Were you surprised by that at all? No. Uh, again, I, I think that was the right uh, place for him to come in. It was wrong that he wasn't nominated last year. That was mm-hmm. just people being very silly. But Nick Ahmed deserved to win it. Uh, and Trevor deserved to come in second. That was uh, He was the second best shortstop in the National League this year. It's good that he's finally getting recognition yeah. for it. Um, and, and he's still getting better and better defensively. He has improved every single year he's been in the majors uh, defensively, which has been remarkable to see for a guy who obviously is known for hitting all the home runs and, and the way he runs the bases. He's a true five-tool player. He's it's rare to have a guy who can do all the things that he does, so it's nice to see him actually get the recognition for it. With the way it looks outside, it looks like winter, and you talking about baseball makes me wish <laughs> it was summer. I know. <laughs> but sad. I promised Lindsay Sauer, our uh, sales director, that we would talk some college football since CSU is on a win streak. They beat UNLV 37-17. Two is not a win streak. <laughs> <laughs> well... 
three it's actually. actually. Three, so. Oh, okay, that's a win streak. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, them. according to the speech in Major League given by Doc Brown. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going yeah. for. They won three, huh? Um, Andre, you were designated as the CSU. Andre's scrambling right now to see what. No, no, I'm running some numbers. I'm making sure I'm ready. Lindsay also gave me some notes. So they play last week. Gave some notes. Yeah, which I I have to clean up. He is wearing a CU hat. I would like that to be known. Oh, you oh, have to well, out him. I forgot I was That's been a rough couple mornings for him. the Simone household. So yeah, we're wearing hats. Um, He's got yeah. CSU boxers on. Three, three wins. Does it get <laughs> any better? <laughs> All right. That's our CSU. No, I mean, that's what he. <laughs> now this this was an actual legit win. Twenty four zip at half. They smoked UNLV. They're taking care of business of the teams they should beat, which, you know. I wish all the teams in town were doing that. And uh, Warren Jackson, their star wide receiver, has been an absolute beast. Maybe the most talented guy we have in town that we don't talk about nearly enough. He's been a freak. Their offense keeps playing well, but their defense seems to be coming around as well. They're starting to manufacture pressure. Even the two passing touchdowns they allowed, the guys were in perfect coverage. They're just good contested grabs. Now, though, they have a bye. The, the real nitty-gritty part of the season comes up because they've got Air Force, Wyoming, and Boise State, who they've never beat. Uh, so two rivalry games and then the best team in their conference, who they have yet to beat. Two of those games are at home. They go 2-1. and one. They'll be bowl eligible, but... Where are the two wins? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it feels a bit like the Broncos winning, where it's like, uh, you know, with the Broncos, it's draft position. With the Rams, it's uh, we, we got another season of uh, this coach. coaching staff. So hmm. kind of lame. But they've, they've figured things out with their backup quarterback. They had to, you know, yep. kick out their star running back because he kept fumbling away. In fact, they would have won against Utah State if uh, Kinsey didn't have all those – all those fumbles and it took seven them seven fumbles, dude. Lost? It was seven. terrible. What? Not in one game. Okay. Oh. <laughs> say, how was that? It was way before you get to that. It's got to be a record. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it just took their defense so long to figure it out. You really look at the schedule. Aside from CU and Arkansas, they probably should have. They, you could argue they there was a path to victory in all those other games, but they just. You, you'd say they they had no chance of ever beating CU. This year? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know. I'm just, I'm just throwing <laughs> stones. Yeah, well, with that. They did put 50 on them and win I by mean, three touchdowns. Also, so. CU might have the biggest news story of the week in any sport we as well. Do, so, we do, you know. um, Ryan, I'll let you take over that. Oh, I mean, they just got the Tucker. number one recruit in the class of 2019, which is really, really crazy. Like, I, it's hard to for me to even understand how that's mm-hmm. fathomable. But they took this dude who, as Andre described him, maybe the most amazing thing I've ever heard. He said, it looks like they put a pads on a bear and let him play <laughs> with children. Unleashed <laughs> him on children. <laughs> unleashed yeah. him on children. Like, that's what his high school tape looks like. Antonio Alfano, number one recruit in the country. Good name too. Top of name. Alabama's class. Ends up transferring because of some family stuff. Just somehow is going to end up at CU. And as a CU fan, I am super cautiously optimistic about this because (laughs) there's nothing like this has ever worked out for us in the past. Right. Uh, But, like, for a team, that pass rushing is one of their biggest problems. They just got a dude who should be able to dominate the competition in the Pac-12. Yeah, going back to Daryl Scott, 
I yeah. mean, he was previously the highest recruit CU's ever gotten, mm. correct? Yeah. And Marcus Houston before him, and that and didn't work out. Daryl Scott had some nice moments, but, I mean, he was a big disappointment. Yeah, yeah, he was Massive. a bust. And there's a lot of um, extenuating circumstances with him that are yeah. kind of sad. But I feel like Ryan Miller was the other, like, five legit um, borderline five-star, four-star. You know, it all depends on one, whatever of the six services you're looking and at. And I like Ryan Miller, but he didn't yeah. pan out to be a five-star player either, so... Uh, there was a, a linebacker named Lynn Katoa who got mm. in a bunch of legal trouble. Like, this stuff yeah. just never works out for us. So, yeah. it should work out. And if it does, it's going to be incredible because it's not as if, you know, he was a five star and then lost his ranking or anything like that. This dude is legitimately getting compared to Nick Bosa. And Andre ran the numbers yesterday. Like, his his numbers from a scouting combine for high school players was almost were almost as good as Nick Bosa's at the real NFL combine last year. Wow. Like he is a freak. Yeah, three years younger and ten pounds heavier than Nick Bosa, and yeah, mm. basically comparable athletic skill. And the only time he played at Alabama in their spring game had two sacks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and wow. with the injury to LeBron Ray, one of Alabama's star defensive linemen. Had he stayed, he probably would have been getting some pretty heavy rotation minutes, would have been that rare true freshman who's actually having to contribute at Alabama some. That is so. crazy, too. He is a true freshman. Mm. Yep. Like, usually you get these and transfers, he, and they have a one year to play right. or maybe two years to play. This guy is a true freshman. Yeah, yeah. four years of eligibility. Four wow. years of eligibility. He already looks like he's 25. Yeah, oh. uh, he's built like he's thirty. Like he, uh, and also you put those Alabama guys on any other team, and, and they just look like men amongst boys too. Yeah, I mean, he would probably, he probably would have been the best pass rusher on CU if you took him from last year and put him on yeah, the team straight right out of high school. Yeah, so uh, it's huge, and it definitely shows you the Mel Tucker effect. You know, recruiting hasn't been as great as people hoped. Um, which I think people's expectations were a little too high for a first-year coach. But just little things like this, you know, they landed Jerry Rice's son mm -hmm. who's going to come to see you and play wide receiver. Like these connections, and I think Mel Tucker connects with players on a, on a very special level that a guy yeah. like this who has really no business coming to Colorado falls in love with Mel Tucker and wants to come here. Well, it was the shorts. You were right. The shorts won the, the week. Shorts. <laughs> Even the shorts is the shoes. It's everything. No, he wore shorts at UCLA. And yeah, he's not one and two in shorts. <laughs> it was a bad one. The, uh, the Buffs are on a four-game losing streak. They play Stanford homecoming game at Folsom. We will be having a tailgate at on Franklin Field, so be sure to stop by. We will have a great time during the tailgate. Hopefully, we will all leave the game happy with a win. One last thing on the Buffs. They lead the Pac-12 in attendance percentage in their stadium. They're actually tied with Utah at 100 and they're averaging 101% attendance in their home games this year. For a team that is 3 and 6, we have to give a shout out to the fan base Definitely. for for showing up and showing out. Like that's incredible. And and again, this is not like they're just having a down year. We're in, we're in like a down <laughs> life, decade down two lifetime <laughs> for many people. If so you the need fact that people are buffs so fans go check out um, DNVR Buffs podcast. Henry does a good job of yeah. helping out. Yeah, for sure. So, but I mean, 
it's pretty incredible that the fans have been showing up in droves like that. I hope it continues on Saturday. But I mean, they should be in the they should be last. Like if they're second, that's still incredible. Before we get to uh, our final segment and who won the week, gotta give a shout out to CSU um, Rams basketball and CU Buffs basketball. They start uh, the Rams actually already started yesterday. They beat the Denver Pioneers 74-63. They play Duke on Friday and Oof. the Buffs Duke. and. Uh, we will be in North Carolina yep. for that game, so be sure to catch all of our coverage. And the Buffs play Arizona State. So basketball We won't season, be in Shanghai for that. <laughs> we will not. Aww. Basketball season is back for college teams, so be sure to check out all of our coverage. It's going to be an exciting year. I hope for the Rams. I know for the Buffs. The Buffs <laughs> are always great against Arizona State. Yep. They, they always, Wait, so uh, they're playing Arizona State three times this year? No, uh, just twice. This counts? Yeah, this it the game counts, but it's not a conference game. Oh, Doesn't count towards conference record. It counts weird. towards non-conference. Pretty weird. Okay. The whole thing's weird. Got it. <laughs> Excellent. Our, well, whatever team puts a smile on your face is what matters because your smile and your teeth are important. And guess what? Our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. It's seriously that easy. Check them out today online or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appoint appointment. And by the end, you can receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. I don't know why I can never say that it's completely too good of a deal you're like this can't be i just real. get nervous <laughs> you get know? shook every I'm time i'm like you oh my it. god um all right well our favorite segment who won the week who did the most and who did the least who was the dog and who was the beast who's in the boat and who's up a creek let's see who won the week Uh, I would like everyone to know on the live and on the audio, we all dance when we play that song. It's really, it's really great. Um, At least last waddle. I don't know if we're going to qualify yeah. what I we mean, all just did as dancing. I do my best dancing in a chair. Fingers. <laughs> when you know you're white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to worry about the hips being involved. There's a lot of upper body a lot stuff. Of shoulder <laughs> movement. Ryan's hips do lie. <laughs> Actively. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh the best God. thing that's ever been said on this podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, debatable. Oh my God. I think we broke Allie. Allie's <laughs> <laughs> <Ali's> like. <laughs> no way. Rudo just said that. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, last week, too, no surprise. The Avs won the week again. Nathan McKinnon, for his record setting point streak, got 47% of the votes. It feels like that was 10 years ago. It I really know, does. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. The Nuggets got second place with the Nuggets um, being three and one despite not playing their best basketball. Brandon Allen for living out his lifelong dream got third place with 18% of the votes. Aww. And fans of Transparency and hey, Sports. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know. All right. Drew's take got 9%. It was a good take, though. It no, just, it just it didn't have legs in this competition. <laughs> a little too meta, maybe. <laughs> okay. for, um, for a Twitter poll. A we, we got too a meta. few comments on there. E Broncos fans, because see, uh, Chris Harris Jr. is staying in Denver. For at least a few more weeks. <laughs> um, then we got Kale McCarr for being an absolute cheat code. He does. Yeah. He had some really good games. I've reached a point with Kale McCarr, though, where I get more excited when he touches the puck than with McKinnon. Because it's new, I think. Right now, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, what's he going to do this time, you know? It, 
he is does bring something that McKinnon doesn't. Yeah. Absolutely. It's he's just a fun player to watch. Uh for, I think for baseball, what won the week for me was carrying the bat to first base though. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Drew missed that. Uh no, I I'm I'm all the no, I'm all in on all of it. I'm like <laughs> carry the bat. I'm I'm still trying to figure out cuz and and we did double check it after having this conversation. You can carry the bat all the way around the bases and <laughs> oh I'm Oh my god. I, Air guitar on the bat. Oh They're all the way god. around the bases. Oh my god, when you have a home run. Or Leave it on second base, like spike it in the ground. Oh, Baker Mayfield like style. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> there there are so many I so say ride it like a horse. Yeah, right. oh, yes. A lot of things or that would broom. make a lot the of people witch, mad. Yeah, the witch broom, you could do that. <laughs> I think we would break baseball like purists. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, they. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Not against the rules. <laughs> Just toss it into the outfield when you're rounding second. Right. Make someone go get it. Oh. I was saying go full football with it and do the Ocho Cinco and. Hide a sharpie under second base. Oh, Sign yes. it. Send it into the crown. Yeah. Why not? Um, we got wow, not a great week in Colorado sports. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair. And then someone said, "Fire your poll writer. Yikes. Do better. I just make the poll with what these guys say. So maybe tell them to do better." Ali, don't out you. Maybe there were some typos. <laughs> there wasn't. I double checked. Someone's like transparency in sports was a real option on here. <laughs> Dumbass came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, you guys know the drill. Thirty seconds. Um, I guess uh, Rudo, you get another thirty seconds to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, I didn't really have anything, but the Avs actually have a little bit of news that's not complete today. Mm. Uh, they sent Jason Magna back to the yep. AHL to the Colorado Eagles, and they have stated they intend to call someone else up. So oh. no one's healthy here. I mean, fingers crossed for Shane Bowers. Oh, is it happening? What about I, Connor Timmons? They really doubt they call up a defenseman. Martin, okay. Okay. Uh, if Cout's healthy, fingers crossed, the reality is it'll probably be Sheldon Dries or TJ Tynan. Jeez. Which is fine, but not fun. Tiny Tynan. Yeah, you'd That's get Tiny Tynan. That's my guy from the preseason. He's like the best AHL player ever, but... Yeah. I'm going to have to learn who Great use of your 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully your who on the week uh, take is better. It's not. It's oh God. not. <laughs> All right, Rudo, go. Vlad Kamenev won the week. I almost had him win last week, but this week he actually played games, and he actually looked solid on an Avs team as a whole that is extremely struggling. He's making a case to legitimately stay in the lineup once a couple of players get healthy, and that's all you can really ask for from a kid who has been injured for the better part of the last two seasons. He's played well. If he continues to play well, there's an NHL role for him. Okay, you made it with five. The Avs branded out. Right. I just have to say, yeah. Well, kind <laughs> we of. We all need to make sure that the Avs do not win the week this yeah. year. Yeah, they do not 30, deserve. All my thirty seconds. The Avs do not them. deserve to win the week. <laughs> you <laughs> Avs fans, you heard it here first. Rudo is telling you not to vote for him, but they're still gonna vote for you. Well. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. Uh, Harrison, go. All right. Well, there's a fascinating storyline developing. With the Nuggets, Jamal Murray at 22 years old, two years younger than Nikola Jokic, 12 years younger than Paul Millsap, is emerging as their leader, their you know a, a commanding presence in the locker room, uh, their alpha, quote unquote, if you want to use that word. Like he is taking charge as the leader of this team at just 22 years old. 
He had a fiery locker room speech in New Orleans. The team bounced back behind him in Orlando. And Time's I just think it's up. Absolutely fascinating that Murray is kind of the leader of this like up and coming team in the league right now. You got an extra twelve seconds, so <laughs> be thankful. That was a good argument, though. Ryan. Go. Mel T- no, I'm just kidding. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, he really could be a, a won the week candidate, yeah, but Brandon Allen won His the week, team is man. Still uh, no one in this room thought he was going to do anything. No one in this city, this state, the the NFL world thought that Brandon Allen was going to do anything. They thought that he was going to get trounced, and he went out there and had an extremely admirable performance for a guy in his first start. He led the Broncos to a win. He led them to 24 points, something they've only done one other time this year. He won this week, and I'm super happy for him because that's an incredible story. Okay. <laughs> I like that your buzzer also came with a look. <laughs> for the Nuggets, who won the week? It should be an NBA buzzer. For the Broncos, it should be a whistle. Really? Uh, <laughs> come on. For open Drews, here. it should be like strike three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, out of here. Just Tom Halligan going, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'll work, I'll work out. on the production. Harrison. Fire the poll writer. I'll work on the production. As long of it as all. the Avs win the week, it can be the Avs. I porn. guess that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Drew. Yeah. Do you have one for baseball? I do. Oh, I have two. You, sure actually, you can take Mel Tucker if you I want. I know, right? No, I've I've got a good one. All fact. right, go. I wanted to say the Rockies won the week because they made a bold coaching change that nowhere near enough people are talking about. But Larry Walker won the week because the Hall of Fame campaign has really kicked off in earnest. There are a lot of people nationally because this is a year where Derek Jeter is really the only other big name on the list. Everyone's talking about Larry Walker. We're finally doing this thing. I still don't know if he's going to get in, but there's going to be a real push. He's going to be one of the biggest risers of all time. He's going to get very close, maybe even into the Hall of Fame. Finally, he deserves this conversation. It's never been had about him on this national stage. So finally, Larry Walker has won the week. Hell yeah. All right. That was a good one. Get Larry in for real. Yeah. It's bothersome. It's but also the Rockies haven't done him any favors by not retiring his number. Nope. And that's going to keep bothering me. Yep. And our, yeah, the Rockies haven't retired his number. I wrote about that during last year's offseason. There's a lot of other things, like our local media hasn't been great about pushing him out. We've got local F-O-H. people yeah, who haven't voted for him. we got people locally making arguments against him. It's, it's insane. He should have been in the Hall of Fame six years ago. He's just simply one of the best players who's ever played the game of baseball. If he doesn't get in, he'll be the most talented guy in the history of Major League Baseball that has seen roughly 19,000 players not to be in the Hall of Fame. And he has amazing hockey flow as well. Extremely amazing. (laughs) He's actually good at the sport of hockey. All right. Well, with that, that ties in perfectly to Bumpy Buffalo left a question on the (laughs) DMVR.com. And he said last week he was going to try and leave more questions, and look at that. He followed up. But he said, I'm going to ask you guys a broad question. If you could take a player from a different sport to immediately jump in and start for your team, who would you take and why? Try not to be obvious. Russell Wilson to the Rockies. Yeah. You don't have to stick oh, with Denver be, it, players, but would be cool if you did. I'm saying we have to stick with Denver players. I, I think so, yeah. Um, example, Fant to the Nuggets because he's huge and fast. That is a great question. And we also were joking around about this, talking about it at the watch party yesterday. Huge and fast. Um, who wants to go first? Mm. Who how, do how tall is Chris Harris? Not, Not very. 5'11", <laughs> yeah. maybe. Uh, mm. 
That's a hard that's, question. You because know, I feel like Chris Harris would well, be a, a nice wing defender on the Nuggets if he had some more size. You also have to uh, account for who you're taking out of the lineup. So you might yeah. want to look for a small forward. Well, yeah, that's why I was hoping Chris Harris is like six. One. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Warren Jackson would be a great swingman on a, a great oh, the wing. CSU yeah, guy. CSU star wide receiver. Yeah, I was thinking more of a defensive option though. You could go LaVisca Chenault at that point. Yeah, be a good call. Hmm. Uh, he is apparently though. really good at basketball. Everyone said they would take him when I asked if they would do. Uh, who would they take on a three on three basketball team? I mean, pretty much LaVisca Chenault could be the answer for all of these questions, which is why he's such a freak. But I'll give you a second there. I am 1,000 million percent taking Nikola Jokic to be the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. He's proven to have an arm. Yeah. He has an arm. I mean, imagine that body in the pocket. People are just bouncing off him, trying to tackle him. He'd be like Russell. Big Ben times 100. And he has incredible touch and a strong arm. Like, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. That. That's pretty good. What they about did no say not the, the obvious at the line. Take, <laughs> Well, that's they too obvious. The obvious. Oh, that's, no, no, that's, that's, that's an all time. That's not. I too just took obvious. a, s- a seven foot Serbian <laughs> <laughs> to quarterback my team. <laughs> that's truly. Oh man. Probably be the first Serbian NFL I player. I take my option would also be to play quarterback for the Broncos, but it'd be Ryan McMahon. I'm convinced if Ryan McMahon well, sure. went to Oklahoma, he would have won the Heisman, been the first overall pick. And would be a stud for the Broncos. Ryan McMahon really? told this me that he was terrible at throwing. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, He's so like, that kind of ruins so that for you. He's like, we uh, we just ran the option. I was pretty good at running it. Great leader, though. Really, <laughs> hey, that's all that matters. Yeah, how would Jokic do at leading? 53 men. Oh God! Don't poke holes in my argument. How dare you? <laughs> I don't know. All right, he'd Rudolph, probably have still play? have more uh, emotion than Joe Flacco. I would see say. over the O line. <laughs> I have two. The first one's a joke one, and that would be Garrett Bowles to play defense because even he would take less than Big Z. <laughs> I was gonna say Big Z. No chance. Uh, and but the real one. Garrett Bowles, though, a very good lacrosse player, so it could eh, could translate. A little bit of stick work there, maybe. Um, the other one would be either Tony Wolters or Chris Iannetta. Catcher mm. to goalie is is. Not the same at all, but the closest you're going to get in any sport to what hockey is like. Take so. Tony, please. <laughs> I figured Ionetta can revitalize wanna... his career. He doesn't have to stand on home plate in hockey. So uh, No more Ionetta. <laughs> no more. And I was going to do the opposite. I was going to like, because nobody can actually hit a baseball. Like, that's the thing. It's like, no, nobody who's not whoa, a baseball whoa, whoa, player whoa. can hit Andy a baseball. Andy Janovich hit multiple home runs at Coors Field this year. That's true. That is that is an accurate Off statement. Off of BP? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. Still, that's yeah. incredible. It is. Uh, but even that's incredible. He right? hadn't held a baseball bat since sixth grade, he said. Right. Wow. What a natural athlete. <laughs> <laughs> what a, just, a what modern, a <laughs> just a modern athlete. <laughs> there was a country music band that came in, too, and, and that guy got a couple of decent hits. Like Zach Brown or yeah, something? Yeah, that, yeah. Brown yeah, I think Zach Brown got like a solid single to left field and BP. I was like, hey, very impressive, because most normal human beings can't hit a ba- Like, it's just fundamentally incredibly difficult you to do. You say he's got whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. That was a Zach Brown reference. We're getting a lot of booze <laughs> on that, Ryan. It's okay. But John Elway was a pitcher, leave. so if I can take uh, John no, Elway. No, because then the, he would just take Larry Walker. Oh, yeah, right, very right, much, right. If we're doing old player. Right. <laughs> what about That's Jamal Murray? Fun. He's Canadian. 
Probably yeah. can ho- he probably can hockey. Probably played he hockey can hockey. At some point. I don't know about that. Maybe. <laughs> be a Sam Gerard kind of size wise. No. No. I I've I have no idea well, if he's I'm played hockey or he's not. Still so short, if he has, that would change it. But I, the everyone likes to lump hockey and basketball together, and they're really very very different. So I mean, there's no similarity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Ryan McMahon would be a great hockey player. Who would you choose Justin to play baseball? Simmons playing center field for the Rockies. Oh, I like Who that. Rockies Justin have too Simmons. many center fielders oh, yeah. as it is, Drew. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> get more center fielders on the Rockies. I'm going to get all riled up here. That's what they need. Give me a fast guy. Who's a bit, uh, give me Kale? Sam Gerrard out in center field. Kale McCarr would be an interesting corner guy. I feel like just as an athlete, he could yeah. probably play defense out there in the corners pretty the well. Broncos would want Gary Harris at wide receiver because Ooh. he says he was Dude. a better football player in high school than a uh, basketball player. Oh, He'd wow. probably, probably be a better receiver than his friend Benny Fowler. Yeah. True. If you're expanding it past just Denver, Jamie Benn was a higher touted baseball prospect than he was a hockey prospect. Right. So. What about um, who was it? Kyler it, Murray, but it was <laughs> Dead Marsh was he? Uh, uh, no, one of them uh, played in the Little League World Series. Oh, that was Drury. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I have seen videos of Nolan Arenado shooting basketball. Though. Oh yeah. yeah, he gets buckets. Yeah. He hits the threes. I'll take Nolan. I feel like his shooter off the bench. <laughs> I feel like his defensive prowess in baseball really wouldn't translate no. to basketball. <laughs> no, he'd be like a space cadet on the defense. Yeah, right, right. Would not work well there. But yeah, they had a little basketball tournament at spring training last year. Yeah. No, Freeland is a really good basketball oh, yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember Freeland took that first shot at the Nuggets game once. And he yeah. made it, right? No, he Way better than Sam I thought he airballed it. I thought he made it. No, Philip Lindsay airballed it. Philip Lindsay airballed it badly. Charlie Blackman made the, the backwards one, didn't he? Oh, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously repeatable talent. So there. you take Charlie <laughs> Blackman to replace Rocky. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, Rocky cannot be really with that beard. Rocky he's kind of like a mascot. mascot. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's like the Rocky's mascot. He's better than Dinger. Okay. Agreed. Well, great question. Thank you so much for asking it. Be sure to leave your questions on the post on the NTM the dnvr.com Also, don't forget to check out Never Summer's opening day celebration at Punchbowl Snow Social. Opening day. November 9th. <laughs> Go do it. It'll be a great time and you may win some awesome prizes. That's all we've got for you. We'll see you guys next week.